Welcome to Sister Scriptorians, where we are devoted to learning, likening, and lifting others one principle at a time. Episode 136, The Repentance of Zizrim. So let's review for a few minutes about Zizrim. I'm rather fascinated by him. Again, he is another story of grossly being on the wrong path, being reprimanded severely, and instead of deflecting his responsibility and continuing on in deception, he accepted the course correction. The Holy Spirit, through the witness and the testimony of Amulek, and right there in front of the crowd, modeling what the prophet had just counseled them to do. Coupling that with the pure doctrine of Alma's teachings, the Holy Spirit was able to penetrate this hard and corrupted heart of Zizram. And in faith, he repents. And his conversion is remarkable. We always go to Alma the Younger, and we should. But we can't forget the examples of repentance found in Amulek and Zizram. God's word is powerful enough to cut through all the flattering lies, no matter how firmly built a society appears to be built upon it. We are learning that from the Doctrine and Covenants, aren't we? How sharp his word is like a two-edged sword. Well, the effects of God's word upon Zizram were dramatic and they were life-altering. He is a walking miracle and he is evidence of the plan of redemption that Alma is speaking of in front of the crowd. That this plan of redemption is complete in its transformative process and ability. And it is available to all who will believe and call upon the name of Jesus Christ. So beginning with this spoiler alert, at the end of all of this, Zizram will be baptized and he will declare that he believes in the power of Christ unto salvation and he believes in the redemption of Christ and he believes that he can be healed through Christ's name and Zizram will need healing. After being the primary agitator in Ammonihah, riling up the crowd to contend with Amulek and Alma, and then witnessing the atrocities that will stem as a result of his actions, Zizram will leave Ammonihah and he will flee to the land of Zidon, where he will then lay there on his sickbed. And in scripture, it is fascinating the connection that Mormon makes for us between body and mind. For Zizram lay there sick with a burning fever, which Mormon says was caused by the great tribulations of his mind on account of his wickedness. Guilt can be an awful sickness upon our spirits, and it was having an effect upon Zizram's entire being. At this time, Zizram didn't know that Alma and Amulek had escaped prison. He assumed that they were dead, and he knew the significant role he had just played in their fate. And this sin, along with others, were weighing upon his mind so much it was causing anguish, and he was experiencing no deliverance from it. And its presence, it remained there upon him until he was burning with heat. His body was literally fevered with guilt. Yet, while he was in this state, he was given the news that Alma and Amulek had come to Sidon, and he sent for them. Isn't that incredible? 
this first step of faith in his, this chance that he has. Can you just imagine what went through his mind? It must have felt like the heavens were parting and giving him a chance, and he reached out for that redemption. Now hope is filling his heart where guilt had once been eating away at it, and courage was driving his actions, and he asked for those two men to come to him. And when they did, Zizram petitioned them to heal him, and they did, and he was. Zizram was healed physically, mentally, and spiritually, and from this complete healing, the fact that it even took place, because we've seen others now, like Sharon, and maybe we can even put Nahor in this category as well, where their confession did not bring healing, and it did not change their course. Perhaps we can take away from that the level of their sincerity, but we can know the extent to which Zizram had softened his heart, because he was converted and he was healed, and he was acting in faith, and from what he had heard by these two men, and obviously from the Spirit as well. And from that day forward, Zizram was a defender of the faith, and he was a teacher of the gospel of Jesus Christ. He was now using his mind and his gifts to move God's work forward, and no longer was he acting as an opponent of it. We can never give up on our loved ones, who have gone astray. We, we can never give up on ourselves. The atonement, the plan of redemption is real. So what did Zizram do that was so condemning? In Alma chapters 10 and 11, Zizram is described as being the foremost accuser of Alma and Amulek. He was leading the accusations in front of the crowd, directing them to take note of times in which he believed Amulek had contradicted himself. And Zizram was instrumental in laying the case before the many witnesses of Alma and Amulek's supposed treason and deception. Amulek had already been accused of speaking out against the laws of the land, being treated as if he was a disturber of freedom and liberty, which was contrary to what he was actually referencing He was referencing the wisdom of King Mosiah, reminding them that if the majority of the people should choose iniquity, that would mean that they were ripe for destruction. Well, can you imagine how that was accepted? It wasn't. And it behooved the crafty lawyers to make this an act of treason and a threat on the laws of their land, on their leadership, on the lawyers themselves, and distracting the people to not allow them to to digest what Amulek is teaching them and to persuade them to be deceived instead. Zizram at this time offered Amulek six aunties of silver if Amulek would deny the existence of the supreme being. This equated to 42 days of wages for a judge in the Nephite society. It was a pretty penny, to say the least. And before everyone, Zizram tempted Amulek with this significant amount of money if he would just say that there was no God. I kept asking myself, why was this so important to Zizram for Amulek to say there is no God, to be bribed and to just slink away? Mormon notes that Zizram was expert in the devices of the devil. For a reminder of those, listen to the podcast that just came before this. I think it's episode 135. And Zizram's intent was to destroy that which was good. Perhaps Zizram was living his life in such a way that he could proclaim he didn't know if there was a God. 
And that would be su- enough, sufficient enough excuse that he needed to be to keep carrying on, to, to save face without scorn or condemnation. I don't know for sure. But we do know that he did have a desire in his heart that no matter what he may have proclaimed to believe, he desired to destroy good. He was not, however, prepared to have an interaction with a servant of God who had been blessed by God to be able to know the thoughts and intentions of Zizram. Amulek had been blessed with that, making there be no room for deception, denying, lying, or professing to not know. Zizram began to know very quickly that Amulek knew his heart and he knew his thoughts. And Amulek refused to deny that there was a God, by the way. He witnessed that Zizram knew that there was a God. And he also exposed Zizram for loving money more than God. And let's not forget the way that Zizram made his money. He made it by exploiting the citizens of Ammonihah. He made it by creating frenzy, taking their money, promoting them in their wickedness, making pathways for more wickedness to occur, orchestrating disturbances, feeding the anger and the victimhood of his clients, all so that he could get gain. Zizram's love of money and power was made from degrading his neighbors and the values of the society. And his love for money overshadowed his love for God or the well-being of others. Zizram was opposed to God. Zizram had enmity towards God and his fellow men. And being exposed in such a way as to expose the deep parts of his heart right then and there in front of the crowd. For Amulek to say, you know that there is a God. It began to expose Zizram for the fraud that he was. But Zizram wasn't done yet. He didn't cower yet. Zizram asked Amulek, is there a true and living God? And Amulek said, yes. Is there more than one God? And Amulek said, no. Zizram asked Amulek, how do you know these things? And Amulek said, an angel made it known unto me. Zizram asked, who is it that will come? Is it the son of God? And Amulek said, yes. And then this lawyer who was good at his art and his craftiness asked, Shall he save his people in their sins? And Amulek, obviously attuned to the subtle wordplay being used here, said no, for it is impossible for him, or in other words, for God, to deny his words. Zizer and them turned to the people and asked the people to remember these things, as if he had caught Amulek in conflicting testimony. He then accused Amulek of feigning to have authority over God, as if Amulek could direct God of what he can or can't do. That Amulek had said that there was one God, but then went and said that the Son of God would come, acting as if Amulek had contradicted himself, and then saying God wouldn't save his people. When he had said that he would, Amulek declared Zizram to lie, and he said that God would not save us in our sins, but he will come into the world to redeem his people. He will take upon himself the transgressions of those who believe on his name. And they, because of his mercy, will receive salvation and eternal life. But not so for the wicked who do not repent. In fact, for the wicked, they will remain as though there had been no redemption made, meaning that they will remain in their sins. And this is a huge blow to the order of Nehor. You cannot go about life in wickedness and expect that the redemption of Jesus Christ will pertain to you if you do not follow his path of redemption. But 
you know what part of redemption will work and will have an effect even upon the wicked? It's those bands of death, the temporal death that we will all experience. Those bands of death will be loosed and all shall rise from the dead and stand before God and be judged according to their works. Amulet goes on to explain the reuniting of our spirit and body in its perfect form, that this will happen for all, and it will be so complete that not so much as a hair of the head will be lost. And before Christ the Son and God the Father and the Holy Spirit, we will stand before this one eternal God, and we all will be judged according to our works, whether they be for good or whether they be for evil. And at this time, When our mortal bodies have been raised to immortality, we will no longer see corruption. We won't be able to deny what is righteousness and what is wickedness. It will all be clear to us. And we will no longer be able to escape through any sort of mental nuances that we choose to play around with. Or we won't even be able to escape through the means of the great escape, meaning death. No, we will all face it. We will all know of it. There will be no more stage for corruption. And it's these truths that astonished Zizrim, so much so that he began to tremble. His defenses were stricken down, and he was exposed. The order of Nehor and the false teachings that had once protected him in his evil and corrupted acts provided him now no protection to the Spirit of God and of God's pure doctrine. Next week, we'll continue on with the plan of redemption as taught by Alma, but please consider this warning. The order of Nehor and the cunning devices of the devil, they are rampant in our society today, and you know it. All of the turmoil and the chaos that we have witnessed and been distressed by, especially during this past year, has been the music of the adversary using these familiar instruments and confusing and numbing some while even emboldening and enraging others. I just can't read these verses and not have images come to my mind of what I've seen on the news. And I'm not just talking one political party. Please know that. I'm not talking about one group over another. Please know that as well. And please know just assuredly that the peace that you seek for the clarity that you're thirsty for, the confidence and the truth you are hungry for comes from and through Jesus Christ. Turn to the Book of Mormon. It was given to us for the last days so that we can survive it, so that we won't be deceived by the deceptions and the cunning devices of the adversary that will be being used all around us. Turn to the Book of Mormon. And I hope you can feel this week as you put off everything that would destroy your confidence and as you just choose him, as you choose his love and you choose his ways and you choose his teachings and you let his arms wrap around you in safety, I hope that you can feel the protection that he desires to provide for you. If Zizram can go from one end of the spectrum, being part of a lost and fallen people with a hard heart, a love of money more than God, being an instigator of unrest and a destroyer of good and actively prospering off the despair of his neighbors. If he can go from that all the way to a child of Christ, receiving baptism and a remission of all his sins, 
and then be able to have the privilege of using his gifts to preach the word of God? What can God do with you? Think about that.